If you've got your Bible, turn with me to the book of chapter 10, verse 38. At the back of all those thanks and everything that I've just said and the update that Lily has just given, uh, I just felt that I just bring a short encouragement on impact. Impact or influence. We are all anointed for impact. So before we die, you leave something on earth that will show that you are here. I realize some of our young people are around and we enjoy having young people in Zambia, as we said, uh, for the Go Zambia team and other projects. Um, but you know, one of the nice questions for a young person to think about is what is my life worth? What do I want my life to count for? Um, and that question uh, backed me quite a lot. Uh, as some of you may, may know, I did my PhD here in, 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 uh, in the UK at, my, at the University of Manchester. And at the end of that, I just knew the future was open. God had wonderful opportunities. I took my first job with Dunlop, Zambia, here in Birmingham, UK. And they sent me to Zambia, uh, my home country. And later on, worked for BP. And it was going well. In fact, I was one of the 10 in BP Zambia who were shortlisted, you know, what they call succession plans, you call them. Um, so one of the 10 that was earmarked for to go to Cape Town, South Africa, and be raised as one of the sort of global leaders within, as they used to, global leaders within BP to, to lead the next level of growth for that corporation around Southern Africa. But as you can imagine, all that changed and I'm here preaching. <laughs> Isn't God amazing? Now, I'm not saying everybody that, that to everybody that that's the end result of everything. But, beloved, each one of us has to make a decision as to what your life is worth. And what is it you're going to do that will count? Forgive me for this next illustration because, you see, when, uh, uh, when somebody dies, and in Africa we do a lot of funerals, I realize, have you noticed that when somebody's dead, all their, what do you call them here? We, we call it life history. Here you call it a nice name. Is it Euro, eulogy? Yeah. It's all based on what the person did. And whoever, whoever is writing that has to think very carefully and pick the bits that has to do of, on the impact of this person on our lives and on our community. Of course, they'll quickly leave out things like how much time you spend watching tally. That, that doesn't find itself there. Or how much, eh, young man, you spent on WhatsApp. Or here it's what? Snapchat. Uh, and, and all that. And all, all the things that sometimes we value. But at the end of the day, it's just like it doesn't count. It took so much of my time. And then it's discounted as really not relevant. You know, when I'm doing a funeral uh, in, in Zambia, we always, uh, I don't know how you do them, Steve, here, but there we have to give a Christian testimony. So we go around church and say, can you tell us what this person was doing, how they blessed you and how they did this and how they did that, and we come up 
So now, for the people that are active and quite committed to God, that's easy. The trouble comes from those who were not, were not quite sure what they were doing, but we still have to say something. So sometimes, in a very nice way, you have to kind of make up a little bit. Like they, 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 they came to prayer meeting. Actually, they only came once. But they came. You know, we have to say something. Oh, they were very involved in the children's work. Actually, they were only there for one session, then they stopped. But you have to say something, isn't it? You have to dig out the good. Good. So I always say to my members in church, please save me the trouble. If you're going to do good, just do it. So I can, I don't have to make up anything for you. I, it's all clear to everybody what you are doing. You're not doing it for people. You are doing it for God. That is why when I, this message about just reminding us about the impact that each one of us were meant to have. So let's pick the Lord Jesus Christ as an example. He only lived for 33 years, but my, 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 his life left an impact, didn't it? Three years of ministry, and uh, I'm in my 20th year of ministry or something. Three years of ministry, and within that, he changed the world. And we are part of that story. Isn't that wonderful? His life counted. And the summary in Acts chapter 10, verse 38 Let's read that. Um, I've got to really run um, and see how much we do with that. So uh, let's read that scripture. And then after that, uh, we'll just share a few thoughts um, for those of us who are uh, reading from the NIV. I'll read it from the NIV, Acts chapter, Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. See now, our church back home, we've got now a projector. So when I say that, it appears on the screen. Really beautiful for Africa. It's just like magic. Like all the scriptures appear as you are waiting to see them in the in the thing. The only problem is um, we have power cuts, you know. So when I'm preaching and the verses appear and some of the people leave the Bibles at home, they know it will be on the wall. Uh, and then there's power cut. It's gone. And we start panicking. Well, for the ones of Bibles on the phone, phones come out and they're looking. And this section for the young people, I know, you know, they're looking. Even the ones on the WhatsApp, we just assume they're looking at the Bible. <laughs> so it's lovely. Uh, so now we've gone back to encouraging everybody to, to bring a Bible to church. But here I am looking at it in my tablet. Um, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. The Bible says, now this is part of the message that Peter gave in Cornelius' house. You remember the story? Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. It says, because of time, I'll just go to the, to the bit that he, uh, he mentions something that is... Um, that is, let's read it together. Let's read it together. I want the KJV, actually. It's much better in there. The KJV? Let me borrow a real Bible. NIV. I'll borrow the real Bible. This is a real Bible, which is good. It's more spiritual. Thanks, Kaz. <laughs> Verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth 
with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Isn't that a lovely verse? Uh, Peter summarizes the entire life of Jesus in a few sentences. And you could summarize that in one word, impact. How Jesus' life impacted us. In fact, in there, it gives us three things that I just want to mention very briefly on how to have impact in your life. How do I have my life count? How does my life uh, influence other people, influence uh, the nation, influence uh, uh, my friends? And uh, Peter mentions three things. The first thing is this, the basis of that impact. He says, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. So the first thing is the anointing of the Holy Spirit as a basis of the impact that Jesus had. So Jesus was anointed. If I look around and I ask you a very tricky question, how many people here are anointed? Oh, that's a very big question. Maybe let me rephrase it. How many people here are anointed? Was that a rephrasing or the same thing? How, how many people, how many, how many of you, are, you feel I'm anointed? Okay. It's almost, I, I put that at 50 and 50. So, so, so half of the people feel I'm anointed. The other people feel, mm, mm, maybe, maybe not. What does it mean to be anointed? The Bible finishes it. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. So, for believers... Uh, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us to indwell us, uh, he lives in us. He comes upon us in power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And he was talking to the disciples. And uh, uh, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we are anointed to do something. First of all, to have power and authority. Isaiah chapter 9 uh, declares this, that the anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing lifts the burden and breaks the yoke. So the reason the anointing is given is to make our lives um, easier, better, but also empowered to work for God. The anointing of the Holy Spirit breaks burdens. The Holy Spirit comes in our lives and breaks yokes. You remember that verse in Matthew 11 verse 28 where Jesus says, If anyone is weary and tired, let them come to me. Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you Rest. How the Lord does that is by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. If we have time, we'll come back to that in a moment. So there is no Christian who doesn't have the Holy Spirit. It's almost like uh, it's almost like a contradiction in terms. Every Christian who has given their life to the Lord, they have the Holy Spirit in them. Can I hear an amen if you believe it? Because in Romans chapter eight and verse nine, it says, "Those who are 
uh, sons of God have got the spirit of God. Amen. So we are anointed. Now, when Jesus was anointed, we're reminded in Luke chapter 4, you remember when he started his ministry, he came to the temple, he picked up the scroll, and he says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for he has you see, the two go together. The spirit on you and anointing, it's the same thing. The spirit of the Lord, he's on me. He has anointed me. and He has empowered me. In common uses in Zambia, we use the word anointing to, uh, in a general sense, just to denote that you are equipped for something, you know. Uh, like we could say about a, a lady, I like cakes, a lady who does cakes, chocolate cakes, some people loosely say she is anointed to bake. <laughs> but that, you know, that's, uh, uh, anybody anointed to, no, don't worry about it. Uh, but uh, that's a loose term. But basically it means that uh, she's got such a, such a, such a gifting. She is, she is equipped, empowered to do what she does. So the anointing when it comes, the, the spirit when it comes upon us, he anoints us. So what am I saying? The basis of all, of all influence and impact in our lives comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Before I leave that point, uh, uh, let me just mention two things on the anointing. The first thing is this. If Jesus needed to be anointing to finish the task, who am I to think I'm going to do my task on my own? Each one of us, we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You see that in the early church? And the early church was always seeking more and more of the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, we know that verse where Paul says, Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And that word filled with the Spirit uh, is a continuous present, isn't it? Or keep being filled with the Spirit. We see that again exemplified in Acts. Uh, chapter 1, chapter 2, the, uh, the Spirit came, chapter 3. Four, the Holy Spirit came again, filled them again. Chapter 6, again they were filled with the Spirit. So we're continually being filled with the Spirit. Amen. Is that all right? So the first foundation, the main foundation of a life of impact is a life that is lived in the Spirit. In fact, brothers and sisters, I'm so blessed when I'm challenged as I look at the start of Jesus' ministry. If we pick the book of Mark, uh, the book of Luke, rather, for just as an example, in chapter 3, after the baptism of Jesus, it says the Holy Spirit, in form of a dove, came on him. Yeah? And when he came out of the water, the Bible says he was laid by the Spirit into the wilderness. So not only failed, but laid by the Spirit. And he spent 40 days in the wilderness being tempted. And at the end of that, if you read chapter 4, verse 13, it says this, that he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hello? Okay, so he was filled, he was led, and he moved in the power of the Spirit. That is the picture of us here at Crowley Community Church. We are a people empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
just looking at the way we were worshiping this morning when we walked in, a little bit late African time, you know, you just have to be true to yourself. Uh, but just to see people worshiping God in the Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit enables us to worship God. So this morning, my challenge to us is we want more and more of the Holy Spirit. How many of you want more of the Spirit? Want more of the Spirit. You can never, 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 ever say, I have enough. We always want more. So hopefully this evening as we have a little bit more time, we'll be just asking God to fill us again. Just again. In fact, Steve, I, I don't know. I, I didn't know how to say this. It's a bit of a prophetic word. I just feel, especially here at Crawley, that we've been on a journey, and you know, life wears you out. Even in church, you feel tired. You feel weary. You feel you've gone through too much, and you feel like, when will I have a rest? You know, and. Um, as we were praying early in the morning, uh, as I woke up at five, just praying, the Lord just showed me a picture of people just, they've gone through hard patches in life, including church, and they're feeling tired. You just feel worn out. You just feel, I could do what we usually do when we get home. On a, after a very long Day, I almost said long, hot day, but let's leave hot out of it. <laughs> Keep that to Africa. <laughs> In Africa, we say after a long, hot day. <laughs> uh, you know, you get home, and what's the first thing you do? You go for a drink, and it refreshes you. You can sit and feel relaxed and refreshed. And that's what we do, and that's what the Lord was saying to say to somebody this morning, you're tired, come and have a drink. Because the Holy Spirit refreshes our soul. In the amazing and lovely uh, recitation and reading of Psalms 23 by, uh, uh, that's uh, Jonah. Ah, he didn't do fantastic. That's, it just reminded me of how uh, it used to be, you know, kids full of scripture. <laughs> You know, that was amazing. I'm gonna, I wish that was recorded. I was going to show that in Africa to see what England is doing. All kids can do that, you know. <laughs> but Jonah reminded us in that Psalm 3, says, there's that verse that says, he restores my soul. You know, to restore, to renew, to invigorate you back again. By the Spirit. That's what the Spirit does. And that's what we need Him. When I'm feeling tired, worn out, and torn apart, sometimes beaten up uh, by life, or even stuff happening in the life, the Holy Spirit restores me. Amen. Is that okay? All right. Let me move on to the next thing. Because He was anointing, you see that the anointing helps you do something. Now, there are two things that Jesus did that, and I want to say that very quickly. He was a, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, we'll leave the power a bit later, maybe this evening, for those of you who will be here. Because we'll be talking about repositioning for power. Um, just, uh, I do believe that what God has been doing here at Hoshim, uh, 
I was preaching at Hosham last week, so I'm seeing Hosham. I apologize. At Crowley, what God is doing here at Crowley, over the last few years, we've been on a big journey to reposition us as individuals, as church, in our community, and in our nation. And it, it, it's just, I just sense a sense of, can I say this? I'm, I'm a friend of the church, huh? so I'm allowed to say something, uh, which could be quite like personal. But I just feel that there's been a repositioning in the spirit. And the word pruning comes to mind. And the reason why God repositions us and prunes is so that we may be even more fruitful. You, you saw that coming, isn't it? Let's do that together. We, he prunes us. He repositions us. He renews us so that we may be even more fruitful. And that's what I saw. Like... We are coming out of a winter into spring and uh, the flowers begin to blossom again. That's a, just a picture I saw. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what I saw of Crowley Community Church. You blooming, blossoming again. And God is going to bring even more fruit for whatever the enemy intended for evil, God will use it for his glory. Can I hear a big amen from somebody if you believe that? So the anointing then empowers us to do two things according to Jesus. Number one, how he went about. Somebody say went about. Oh, sorry, I forgot. This is the UK. You don't do In Africa, we speak to each other, especially this time because... Some people begin to fall asleep. So we talk to each other to keep each other awake. He went about doing good. What did he go do? He went about doing good. You know, now that's the first thing. The second bit is that and how he went about healing all who were oppressed. Maybe we leave that for the evening because I'm running out of time. But let's talk about this doing good. Jesus went about, because he was anointed, he was doing good. And I was reminded as I was studying this that one thing about God is that God is a good God. When he showed himself to Moses, the Bible declares in Exodus that uh, he says, I will display my goodness before you. In fact, most people, many of us can testify in our own Christian experience that the first thing we saw before we saw anything else about God, is that he is good. He loves me. And all the good things that Jesus did. So, doing good is foundational to uh, displaying uh, or to uh, seeing who the character and the nature of God is. Let me say it this other way. In Africa, the Catholic Church is still the largest denomination 100 years on since Christianity came to Africa. Why? Now, I don't think we can say that that the best gospel preachers in the world, the Catholics. We're not, we're not condemning them, but I just want you to think for a moment. Why is the Catholic Church still the largest church? I don't know about the UK, but certainly in Africa, certainly in Zambia, it is still the largest church. Why? Of course you know the answer. Doing 
good in the community. The first hospitals were mission hospitals. The schools were built by the Catholics. They're, they're still building schools. Two of our kids uh, went through convent, we call them convent schools, yeah, which is Catholic schools. Uh, and they're in the community. In our city, there are only two orphanages or children's homes. Two. One is run by the Catholics, and the other one is run by us. Thanks to you. So you see, doing good. So people are attracted to goodness. Do good works attract people. Can I say this without being too explicit? This is why when a church like Crowley Community Church gets involved in good works and blessing her community and in doing all that you've been intending to do, you expect the enemy to become angry. He doesn't like it. He likes you to keep your church, church, into church. Come to church on a Sunday, just worship your God, go home and forget it. Come next Sunday. And, no, but a church that does good, it's taking the nature and the character of God where people are. People will see Jesus through the good works. You know, and because of that, the glory of the Lord is lifted. Let me say something, and it's a confession for me. I used to think, see, like in church, for example, when I say, come to Zambia, there are two people, two types of people who think about Zambia. The first one are the Steve type. My friends say, the Steve type. These are the, what do we say? The anointed ones. They are coming to preach the word. They'll pray for the sick, and they'll do wonderful things, and they'll see people saved, huh? So those are the, what we call the natural missionaries. Let them go and preach the gospel. Then the second type are those who say to themselves, oh, well, I'm not good for nothing. What will I do there? I can't preach. I can't teach. I can't. To them, they think if they can't do that, all the little things they can do is things like, ah, oh, I can just feed the kids, do some crafts, Sort of second-class activities which are not so anointed. Hey? It's a confession I'm making. And I know there's some people who think that the anointing to preach is higher than the anointing to do good works. Hello? Now I'm repenting because according to this verse, it's not. It's the same anointing I'm using to preach. It's the same anointing somebody's going to use to serve coffee after the end of the service. See, I didn't hear an amen there. So there are a few of us who need to change that. Because you know what? You see, when some of you are anointed to go and just bless people in the community. Feeding. Uh, Lillian does the feeding. This is the most chaotic one of them. It's a Chaotic feeding program, I call it. Lily loves it. Where 300 kids, hungry kids turn up and they have to feed them. You know what they say, survival mode? We are born with a survival instinct. So some of these kids just they climb on friends just to get that bowl porridge. Because they're hungry. But you know what? So we get teams. Everybody who comes to Zambia, we encourage them to go to the feeding and spend... Two, three hours with these kids do a feeding at the feeding program. And they love it. Well, some, some come back completely 
broken down in tears and everything. They've never seen anything like it, especially uh, coming from the UK where there's abundance of food and to see kids, you know, just scrambling together to get that meal. But you know what? Doing good works. And I came to encourage you, Crawley Community Church, that the good works you've been doing come up like a sweet-smearing savor to the Lord. The good works. And the good works, and I, I, I don't know. Can I say this? I'm looking at the elders. I, I'll just say it again. One of the biggest onslaught that you are going to have is the enemy stopping you from doing good works. I don't know the people in front are seeing something that I'm not seeing. I think it's an anointing coming down. No, it's a little spider that's just dropped and it's hanging here. And then we'll just see what will happen. The anointing will kill it. But no. no. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but did you get the point of making this? Don't stop doing good. Look at your neighbor and tell them, don't stop doing good. Because Jesus went about doing good. I heard of a story, I think it's somewhere in the north of England, uh, where somebody was in Sainsbury's and doing their shopping. I don't know if they're weekly shopping. And as they got to the two, there was this lady in front. Uh, they, they punched all the groceries in, whatever they were buying. Then as you do in England, she gave them a card to just uh, pay. And all of a sudden, has that ever happened to you? God forbid. They put in the card and it was declined. And the punch and all this shopping. So this, there was this Christian from I don't know which church standing near next to be served. So we were watching all this and it's declined. And this lady, as you might imagine, she started panicking. What do I do? No, try again. Mistake. It must be the bank. Can I ring the bank? You, you know, and then this gentleman just said, I'm sorry, madam, do you mind? He said, What? I know you'll be served. We have a problem. I said, No, 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 that's not, it's not about that. He said, Do you mind if I pay for your groceries? He said, What? You just pay. I just feel I, I can just pay. There's a little problem, but it doesn't matter. I'll just pay. Anyway, embarrassed, but still overwhelmed by such generosity. She said, all right, uh, we can sort it out outside. I probably could reimburse you. So he, the gentleman paid, just they swiped his card for her groceries. And then they came out. I mean, she couldn't go. She came out to the, uh, of, of but she stood there with her trolley waiting for this gentleman to come. And as he came out, and they said, can I give you my number? You can ring her. I can send you the money. He said, no. I don't need a reinvestment. It was just, just uh, I just felt I should do that. God bless you. Do you know, that goodness done to that woman, I won't tell you the rest of the story, but it impacted her. She could, at least she said, can I see, where, who are you? I mean, because things like that don't just happen. Now, I'm not advocating all of us go out to pay for people's. That would be brilliant. But the point is this. The goodness done to her 
showed us something of God. As I speak, that lady is a member of that gentleman's church. Goodness, good works are powerful. And that's why Crowley Community Church, whatever happened, we will not stop going doing good works. Amen. All right. My time is up uh, because we've got to stop now. What have I been saying? The last bit, we'll say it in the evening for those of you who want to hear it. You see, preachers don't finish messages. You leave a little bit so people can come back and hear the last bit. Uh, but if they don't come back, it means the message was terrible. So they don't want to hear the last bit. <laughs> I'm joking. But yeah, we'll finish it in the evening because we'll be talking about the last bit that happens when you're anointed. And that is, he went about healing all who were oppressed of the enemy. So I'll be talking about repositioning yourself for releasing the oppressed to go free. So I'll be talking about that in the evening. But for now, what is your life worth? The worth of your life is only what you put on it. For Jesus, three years of ministry resulted in the changed world. You know, my desire is that the many or few days that the Lord gives me will count for something. If I was just to do just this just for me, if I just done what I really, really wanted to do in life, I should be a top scientist in Zambia because I've got a PhD in chemistry and that was a big dream come true. And so what I wanted to do was be one of the top scientists that Africa has ever produced. That's a noble career. There's nothing wrong with it. Just at halfway, I made a decision that do I want to spend the whole of my life mixing chemicals or changing lives? That was just for me. And I thought I would like to spend my life impacting people for good. What's your life worth? Let me speak to the older people. Because sometimes you get to a place where you think, now I'm done, I'm retired, I'm finished. Just wait to go to glory. I have some good news for you. I'll just say this to you. I mentioned this gentleman who's serving and working with our school. The Lord will have said to somebody, don't pack your, bag, your, your gloves yet. There is yet more to be done. Your life would count more. How is it that we always send out the inexperienced and leave out the experienced ones? The ones that God has invested. Some of you, God has invested so much. And in these latter days, as the Bible says, the, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former. Amen. I turn to where my, some of my uh, friends, the young people are sitting, and I say, you've got your whole life ahead of you. What would your life be worth? So the decisions that we make, I pray that you ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, that you use your life in whatever he chooses to make the greatest impact. Have you been blessed this morning? Let's stand and just pray to the Lord. We'll pray some more in the evening for those of you who have time to come. But let me just say a big thank you. Uh, I hand over the microphone to... Uh, to Steve, but just close your eyes for a moment and think about the verse we've been studying this morning how God anointed Jesus 
with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good. And I just want you, as you close your eyes, to put your name there. How God anointed your name with the Holy Spirit and with power. So God, we pray that you anoint us yet some more. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Just raise your hands to the Lord if you may. And just ask him to fill you again. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, band. Just go in. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with power. Ask him. The Bible says, uh, how much shall the Lord give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You know, it's when we open our hearts and ask him, fill me again. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me with your anointing. Fill me with your power. Yet that I may be to the good of your name, that I may be a blessing, a positive impact in my family, amongst my friends, in my community, and to the world. Father, thank you for Crowley Community Church. And what a blessing and testimony that this church has of doing good in her community and to the nations. We pray that you continue to bless this church. We bless the elders and their wives and their families. Bless them, oh Father, in amazing ways. We bless people that are doing good under the anointing of the Spirit and any onslaught of the enemy against the good work that this church is doing. We pray that you will turn it around for the glory of your name. We pray, dear Father, for yet more open doors to do good. More open opportunities for individuals, oh Father, uh, to be able to declare the goodness of your name in whatever situation you've given us. So come, Holy Spirit, and empower us to do good. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, we just receive, Lord, that prophetic word.